I can see the recognized and the spanking I can see Daniel's waving goodbye God is so kind, Daniel Must be the crowd in my Love it, Karen. Great job on your version of Daniel by Elton John. That's what we need to hear. We're definitely putting Karen in the draw. She might just win these tickets to go and see Elton John October 22nd at BC Place. Unless you're going to get in there too. So let's hear from you. Give us a call on our buzz line, 604-331-2899. You don't have to do Daniel. You can do any Elton John song you like because we have tickets to give away all this week. Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Now, Vaughn, I'm not going to ask you to sing, so that's okay. But okay. I'm sure you've got an Elton John story for us. Yes, I do, Simi. Uh, no, I won't sing because I'd like you to retain your audience for the rest of the show. Uh, but uh, 51 years ago this month, I'm guessing that's before you were born, uh, <laughs> I You're saw right. Elton John at the Peony Agrodome. Not the world's greatest venue to hear a live show, but the show was dynamite. Uh, This was in the days when Elton John was touring with just a bass player and a drummer, and the piano was doing almost all the work, plus his personality. If if the listener wants to know what the show was like, the album 11-17-70, the live album from 1970 from a radio show, pretty much that lineup of songs, Best thing he did was burn down the mission, and he pretty much burned down the place with it. Uh, great show. I grew up with music, Simi, in an era when you used to buy Rolling Stone magazine every month to see who died. Because <laughs> we were losing artists at an alarming rate. Hendrix, Joplin, Jim Morrison. Right. Like, folks, if you're an Elton John fan, to me, and I like him, the greatest thing is he's still around. You don't need to say, gee, I wonder what Elton John would have done next, like you do with Buddy Holly. He's done it. (laughs) Again and again. The fact that he's on a farewell tour, or whatever the hell he wants to call it, his first farewell tour, that's a treasure in itself. So uh, pretty neat. But, man, this guy has been at it a long time, and he works still works bloody hard, yeah. 51 years and going. No kidding. I have to ask you this. So obviously this was early in his career when you saw him. Did, could you tell, Vaughn, like you've probably seen a lot of big artists, maybe it was like the first time or just well, they were kind of fledgling. Did you know when you saw him that, oh, this guy's going to be a big star? Uh, yeah, I mean, to some degree, he already was breaking through uh, as an artist. Uh, I mean, that's sort of when Led Zeppelin emerged, right? Those were very rich times for popular music. You were used to a band coming along and going, wow, this is great, you know. Uh, Wow, this is great, you know. And uh, But Elton John, no, uh, he got attention right from the beginning, uh, right from the first album, and partly because, and I notice from what the, the people are phoning in this morning for the contest, like an incredibly rich songwriting catalog even then, and he played both kinds of music. He had beautiful pop songs that everybody else wanted to cover. He was also a dynamite rock and roller. And it was clear that he just loved music. Uh, As I said, that live show uh, just rocked. Uh, Yes, the beautiful songs were there, too. But 
the guy was also a rock and roller at a piano. And there hadn't been too many great artists. You know, rock was guitars and drums and bass. Elton John would, you know, kick the piano stool away and do a Jerry Lee Lewis performance. Yeah. And it was, and, and plus he had this incredibly arresting, engaging personality. Like, very funny, very high energy, and a kind of an everyman with music. You know, you'd, you'd see interviews with him where he'd get asked, oh, who are your favorite artists? And he would spin off, like I remember Rolling Stone once asked him his favorite albums. And he, like, sent them a list of 100 albums, right? Like, you, he, was, he was in the music. He didn't sort of put on airs and suggest he was above all the other artists. That is amazing. All right. Well, I want to hear people's versions of Elton John songs. They can win a pair of tickets to go and see him. Let's talk a little politics this morning, too, Vaughn, because it sounds like we finally got a by-election. Yes, the Premier John Horgan did the right thing. He could have waited six months to call the by-election for the seat of Vancouver Quilchena, where Andrew Wilkinson steps down, where the new B.C. Liberal leader, Kevin Falcon, uh, plans to seek a seat in the legislature. As I say, the Premier could have waited six months. To his credit, he waited only six weeks. Uh, the vote is April the 30th. So uh, good on the Premier. Uh, Premier Christy Clark, in my view, one of, the, one of the things she did that's hard to admire, uh, when Jenny Kwan resigned her seat uh, in Vancouver, provincial seat, to run federally, Clark ran out the full six months before she called the by-election. It was a safe NDP seat. They did, you know, she didn't want to give the NDP the seat. Uh, in this case, Horgan said that Falcon would have the opportunity to get into the legislature before the session ends on June the 2nd, and he has plenty of time. Even with the two weeks it sometimes takes to certify the results, uh, if Falcon wins, and he's expected to, he'll be in the House uh, mid-May. Okay, and there is an NDP candidate, it turns out. Yeah, that's interesting. The New Democrats, uh, you know, maybe why do they hold off so long? Well, they, you know, they say six weeks is not that long, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, they wanted to line up their own candidates. So uh, a, newcomer to, a newcomer to running for office, but not a newcomer to politics, uh, and that is Jeanette Ash. Uh, she's political scientist at, uh, what, Douglas College? Yep. Uh, she's married to Mayor Kennedy Stewart, so she knows something of the political arena, although I, don't th- I think this is the first time she's ever run herself. Okay, that's interesting. So you've got the mayor's significant other running for the provincial NDP. I mean, what is that relationship like between the mayor and the provincial NDP? Well, <laughs> somebody asked me this question on the weekend. They said, I, I thought the mayor and the provincial NDP didn't get along. And I yeah. said, well, uh, this isn't exactly a safe NDP seat. It's one of the safest liberal seats in the province. She's not expected to win. So if they like her, they don't like her much. This isn't a prize they've given her anyway. She's got an uphill fight there. But, you know, maybe she wanted to try out politics, and this is her big chance. Uh, I'm sure it'll help her in, her in her teaching of political science, if nothing else. Okay, so we've got a campaign coming up, uh, election at the end of May. Uh, We'll have more about that. Also, we were going to talk quickly here about hydrogen. Why is hydrogen all of a sudden back in the news? Uh, This is a very good question, Simi. Remember the hydrogen buses? Oh, yes, of course I do. (laughs) This was an Olympic-era boondoggle, in my view. Gordon Campbell got very enthusiastic about hydrogen buses and the hydrogen highway to California. Federal and provincial governments put up almost $100 million to develop a demonstration project 
20 hydrogen fuel buses that provided a sort of bus service between Vancouver and Whistler. I say sort of because the buses broke down all the time. And when the Olympics were over, the buses were quietly retired and sold back to the manufacturer. They cost $42 million. We got a million bucks for sending all 20 of them back to Winnipeg. So not a great experiment, in my view. Uh, Horgan, rightly at the time, denounced it as hydrogen hype. So there was Horgan on Thursday um, hmm, announcing that hydrogen power, hydrogen fuel is the future. And British Columbia is setting up an office to promote hydrogen development here in B.C. Um, It's true there's a lot more interest out there in hydrogen as a fuel source and a, a product. But, of course, there are, is a lot of interest, which means there's an awful lot of competition for this. Uh, many provinces, American states around the world. I still wonder if uh, British Columbia is going to be at the forefront of all this. Oregon has just established an office to set up a distribution network. But uh, speaking of hype, uh, the government says, hey, they've already had 40 proposals worth $5 billion dollars. Hmm. Uh, for hydrogen proposals. So, you know, that was then. This is now. (laughs) There we go. Here we go again. (laughs) That's what we run into in government all the time. We do. Bon, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.